Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greetings, Grapple fans. Welcome to another edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, it's that time of the year where we all point at the sign. Yes, it's point at the sign time. It's WrestleMania, the road to WrestleMania, I should say. So we've just had the Rumble. We've just had a takeover. So plenty to discuss tonight. Action-packed show. Uh, obviously, can't do that by myself. First of all, calling on the services of my audio tag team partner, Mr. Mo Chatra. Mo, good to speak to you again. Uh, it's been oh, nearly 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seems like ages. But uh, no, we had a good chat. Um, put the world to rights, certainly where FSG is concerned on the Reg Review. So thanks for having me on that. And uh, we now turn our attentions to uh, something a bit more positive with a couple of fantastic shows this past weekend um courtesy of the wwe absolutely uh, and it's not just me and more here no no as we said so much to talk about we've enlisted the help of a very special guest he is the hardcore podcasting champion of the world he's none other than mr dave hendrick good evening dave welcome to the show good evening gentlemen it's been a while it certainly yes, has, it has. Uh, are you been all what, up to two speed? years <laughs> it's been about years now. It's it was before I went to Canada, I think. So yeah, it's probably it's been almost two years. Yeah, we're good to have you back. So are you all up to speed, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what. Before we uh, get into the nitty gritty of things, uh, quick overview then. Um, take over. Um, as myself and more, we, we were discussing last week, and we, we mentioned many times before, the, the NXT TakeOver shows have this habit of over-delivering. You look on paper and you think, potentially, yeah, there could be a really good show, some really good matches, but the build-up and the TV has not necessarily been brilliant. It hasn't got your excitement sort of really at fever pitch, but you get to the event and, boy, does it deliver. And I don't know about you, Dave, but Boy, did they deliver! NXT just blows me away every every time. the The takeover shows are the best thing in 
American wrestling at the moment. Um, obviously, there's incredible stuff taking place in Japan, but the takeover shows are up there with, I, I think, with some of the best stuff coming out of Japan. Um, it's without question, it's the highlight of, of what WWE have to offer. And you know, there's, I, there's not that, there's not a bad match on that takeover pay per view, and two of them are match of the year contender. In any other year, Adam Cole against um, Alistair Black. Alistair Black, sorry, yeah, um, is match is my WWE match of the year, I think, because it was just phenomenal, and that's two guys who belong on the main roster, and I assume that after WrestleMania, you know, the the night after when guys come up, I assume that's when we'll see both of them promoted because, I mean, Cole, especially with this uh, undisputed era uh, group that he he's leading, it, it's just fantastic. It's it's some of the best stuff they've got going. And Black is so unique and so gifted that he would fit in well on either roster because you could imagine him hanging with the likes of AJ and having a great match with him or, you know, having a great match with someone like Braun Strowman or with Roman Reigns over on Raw. So just a brilliant match with those two. And then the main event was just absolutely incredible. Like, Two guys that are, are probably a little bit off at the moment, being being up to the you know a, a little distance off, been been called up to the main card, uh, but both of them just put in probably the highlights of their careers. Uh, and more, as I mentioned there, you know we 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 did say that you know the the card on paper doesn't necessarily jump out with people. But anyone who watches it on a regular basis, they will expect some great matches. And, you know, the NXT, these takeover shows do over-deliver. Even even if you expect really good matches, they still seem to over-deliver. They have something about them. Uh, and this this was just an incredible show. And, I mean, you, you said it. It's going to be difficult for, for WWE to top that event the rest of this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me, it was the best NXT takeover of all of them, um, top to bottom. It was just uh, an amazing show. The NXT takeover after the rest, sorry, before the WrestleMania a couple of years ago, the one that featured Sami Zayn against Shinsuke Nakamura with that amazing match that they had. That that was perhaps the best NXT takeover um, up until this show. Um, for, for me, this one blew that one out of the water. This one was just um, so consistent throughout. You know, there wasn't a bad match, anything approaching a bad match. Um, it started off, you know, in a great footing, great opener, and um, it just carried on from there. And then the main event was one of the, for, for me, easily the one of the top ten best matches in the history of the WWE. Mm, I'd agree. Yeah. It was just an incredible match, incredible match. Before we start, you know, get that far down the card, though, I mean, you mentioned the opener, the, the tag team championships. You know, we I think we've seen already, you know, how, how well refined um, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly already are as performers in the ring. I think really what we've seen over the last year with authors of pain, Aikam and Reza, it is the level of improvement and development in those guys 
has just been fantastic. Uh, and they're consistently having good matches now. And, and that really was a hell of an opener. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it last week that it really should be a good one. And uh, it was even better than I expected. Um, you're quite right. I mean, authors of pain have just come on in leaps and bounds. You know, when we first saw them come through, um, they certainly look rough around the edges and quite green. Um, they are looking like an accomplished, um, very polished act now who are primed and ready to step up to the main roster. And, um, you know, that they look every bit of the part uh, to, you know, be a serious player in the tag team division or either Raw or SmackDown. Um, yeah, but the uh, the other two with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, um, you know, their time in Japan, New Japan, um, mm-hmm. did them wonders, you know, brought them on in leaps and bounds again and uh, very, very uh, polished act in their own right. Um, so it was no surprise um, that these two teams mesh as well as they did. Uh, not quite at the levels of perhaps um, Authors of Pain versus DIY um, that we saw um, just over a year ago, but uh, still very, very good. And, uh, you know, Carlo Ryan in particular, um, you know, some of the stuff he did in the match was uh, exceptional. Um, so it was it was uh, just the right kind of match to get the show off to a, a hot start. Yeah, I thought it was really smartly worked and really smartly put together. You know, there was a lot of MMA, uh, MMA, uh, MMA style in there, if I can even say that. And, <laughs> you know, and I think both these teams really suited that. It was it was it was just a good style. It suited both sides. It, I'll, I just that, and that's the thing with with NXT. It's it's not it's not just a one style of match, and everyone has that same style of match. They do seem to uh, recognize the different the different styles, the different types of talent, and and you know, and book the match and construct the match around them. Uh, and Dave, do you, can you see the authors of pain getting moved up to the main roster uh, quite soon? Yeah, I, I think they probably will. I, I want to see both those teams on the main roster. Like I say, when Cole comes up, it makes sense to bring the whole undisputed era up. Um, and like I was watching that match, and I was just I was watching O'Reilly and Fish, and I was just thinking like the match they could have with someone like the Usos or with the New American Alpha or with you know Rollins and Ambrose, like those kind of matches would be just incredible to see. Um, Authors of Pain like Mo said, the improvement in them over the last 18 months has been phenomenal and these are still two young guys, I think these guys are only about 23, 24 so like there's massive improvement and what really impresses me is how willing they are to sell and how well they sell because they're two monsters and we've seen these kind of tag teams before Um, I'm thinking like three minute warning and even the Legion of Doom guys that just wouldn't really sell and were, would just have shitty matches um, because they were like big monsters and if you look at um, what uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper are doing at the moment like they don't sell a thing and for me like it's it's all fun and games watching them beat the shit out of like nobody's but when they go into you know face the likes of the Usos and that, are they going to sell in those matches? Because if not, then like, I don't want to watch that. Like I, I, I've said to Mo before, I don't like watching these big hulking idiots who just go in and demolish people and it, you know, act like they're impervious. 
and then they just fall to shit and then they rework them back like they've done with Kane now. So I really like the authors of Pain have taken on the, on themselves. Well, obviously they've been instructed and this is how they've been uh, coached at the development centre to, to show some sort of frailty or some sort of, um, not weakness, but you know what I mean? Like they, that they could be beaten and that they can be beaten and they have lost matches. Like it would have been very easy for WWE to book them for a year solid, not, not losing a single match, lob them up on the main roster and put the belts on them within two months. Um, but I think they've been really smart with how they've how they've booked them and how they've developed them. And as Mo said, Fish and O'Reilly, like their, their time in New Japan was massive for them. And like O'Reilly is one of my favourite in-ring performers to watch at the moment. I just think he's so well-rounded. He's very, very unique in what he does in his own style. And it like that's what NXT is about. It's about bringing these guys in from places like New Japan from places like Ring of Honor um, or in a lot of these cases these guys have been to both and sort of just altering the style ever so slightly to make it more kind of you know TV friendly in the WWE style but allowing them to still have the guts of what makes them them not trying to manufacture them into something completely different as they've done in the past yeah and uh, on the Ember Moon Shayna Baszler match, more there's, I think there was a, lot, a fair amount of criticism. Uh, not a lot of people liked it, but I, I wouldn't say it was a great match or anything like that. But I kind of liked it. I thought it was a very different style. I thought it was very brave, the the way they went about it, and it was very much about um, raising the profile of Shayna Baszler. And how did you take that match and, and the way that it was presented? Well, I was actually one of those um, that quite enjoyed it. Um, I liked it because it was different to your conventional um, wrestling matches and certainly your typical um, women's matches that we see on NXT and the main roster. Um, no, I don't expect Basler to come out there and work this kind of typical uh, pro wrestler style. It just wouldn't fit the gimmick um, and the character that she's trying to portray whatsoever. Um, so the way that she worked the match completely fitted her character, completely fitted the storyline um, about her coming in as this kind of MMA bully. And, um, you know, the, the, the submission kind of closing stretch, you know, with the armbar, um, I mean, it, yes, it was a bit of a stretch in terms of believability that, you know, she was in locked into the armbar for, well, several minutes, but... Uh, you know, it still had some good drama in the way it was built up and then with the surprise finish where Emma Moon um, rolled her up and got a quick three count for a surprise win. Um, the pop at the end um, made that kind of wait all, all, all worthwhile. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think Basler needs to carry on working this way. You know, she needs to work this kind of UWFI style um, and it will stick out. It will look odd. Um but, you know, I think that that's what we need to see a bit more of is that kind of variety. Um, you know, we we need to get away from this cookie, cookie cutter um, approach where everyone looks the same, works the mm. same. And this is something that I've you know, talked about um, on, on many occasions. So for me, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. And uh, you know, I, I think Basler has got a lot of potential, even though she is um, on the older side, um, you know, certainly as a character um has a lot of mileage left. Uh, what about you then, Dave? Because I know you're a 
an MMA fan as well. How how did you take to this match and and like you say how how the way how how they constructed it the way that it was presented? Yeah, like I mean, like Mo, I thought there was moments that were a little bit you know cheesy, like the whole you know shouldn't the armbar for forty five minutes, like um you know you you've got to go away from that, like that's that's not realistic. If if they're trying to present Baszler as this MMA badass, they need to make her capable of tapping someone with an armbar. She has them in it for. 45 seconds let alone as long as she had had moon in it um i like i like the way they've built moon i, I think she's very very talented and i think there's you know a big really bright future for her basler is an interesting one and i wonder if with ronda rousey coming in if there'll be a a faction put together with those two and potentially sonia deville because obviously this absolution um faction is likely going to fall apart or whatever maybe Paige brings um, Rousey in and then they, the two of them beat up Mandy Rose and, and they bring in Basler and that's the trio and they you know their, their whole thing is well we're from MMA we're actual badasses like you're just pro wrestlers and they go that route with the three of them mm. um, it's going to be interesting it really is going to be interesting like most says Basler's 37 but she's she's got a, a lot of potential and there is definitely a lot of miles left like you could see her you could see her been a not i don't think everything she'll be like championship caliber but i think you could see her been an important player for the next you know five six years yeah it's there's definitely something that there's, there is still a lot of work to do obviously in terms of the, the pro wrestling side of it her getting a bit smoother uh in the ring and yeah like you say that that armbar it, it didn't look convincing and they have to have a little bit of a rethink on that one uh, just briefly over there, I mean, we've talked about, you know, the, the main event. Andrade Cien Almas um, defeating Johnny Gargano, keeping the championship uh, in a, an unbelievable match. Um, you know, they went just over half an hour. And that right on the back of 22 minutes of Alistair Black beating um, Adam Cole, you know, th- there's, an, there's nearly an hour's worth of wrestling back-to-back. And... You know that sometimes you have that danger of fans, you know, you know, the crowd getting a little tired out after a fantastic match, and they like to have that little buffer in between it. That's something you often see on the main card, mm. but that certainly wasn't the case here. Their, their fans were ravenous, you know, in Philly, and this, you know, back to back. I don't, I just don't think you could ask for anything better to to end a show see, of two matches in that way. Normally, like when I when I knew what matches were were on the card, I I assumed it would be Cole and Black, then the women's match because that's just generally what they've done. They've kind of screwed the women over and they've put them in that spot where it's the you know the down spot of the atmosphere. Um, but by the time Cole and Black ended, the crowd were literally like. If someone had told them there was like you know free chili, free Philly cheesesteaks been handed out. Um, outside, there would have been a riot to get there. They were all just so amped and hyped up. But you're right, like to go from what was a phenomenal match between Black and Cole, who I think are the two most talented guys in NXT and probably two of the ten most talented guys in all of WWE. And um, to go from that to the main event was just mind blowing. Like that is probably the best solid hour of of in-ring action you're going to see from the WWE in any time it, probably in the last 
10 years and probably for the next 10 years that was just incredible to have two matches of that caliber like those matches would not have been out of place as the you know the two closers for, for Wrestlemania they really wouldn't they were that good they, they absolutely were yeah and more I know we've talked before about how good Adam Cole is and this this aura that Alistair Black has about him and the two of them can go in the ring with anybody um you know I guess we'd just be walking back over all ground uh, you know stolen their virtues but the way that the show went off the air after you know John Gargano being unsuccessful we got Tommaso Ciampa again uh, and that and that was uh, a pretty damn solid uh, shot that he took at the end because you could see the marks on his back um you know absolutely incredible way to go off the air two back-to-back incredible matches and then we get set up for a big storyline that we've all been waiting to see well that's it i mean it was not exactly a surprise uh, we called it last week on the preview um we expected him to turn up it was more a case of how he would turn up um whether he'd interfere in the match um and i i thought he might but uh you know, it was it was still good to see. I did feel though that um, the WWE should have made what we call in the wrestling business as an audible, which is um, obviously they went into that match with the decision that Cien Almas would retain the title. But um, given the atmosphere, given the reaction, given that the match was turning into one of the all-time great matches in the history of the company. Um, Basing the kind of feel, the organic nature of the whole thing, the way it was going down, to say actually let's let's put it on, um, mm. let, let's 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 switch the title, and yeah. uh, you know I, th- I think they could have done that, and they have done that in the past. Um, they have switched the outcome of matches midway through a match. They feel the crowd, and they say actually let, let's give them what they want, and you know if they finish that match with Gargano winning the championship and you know that that crowd was absolutely ready for him to lift that title um the roof would have come off the place it would have been one of the all-time great pops um and it it finished the match in a flat way but uh, up until that point it was an unbelievable match it was so incredible you know I, i was thinking back to some of the legendary matches you know like um brett against owen SummerSlam 94 um, Sean and Brett, Brett and Austin, um, you know, this was up there, absolutely up there. And, you know, I, I thought this would be a really good match. I had no idea it would be this good. They put everything into it. And it wasn't a case of um, near full um, saturation. They weren't going for every move under the sun and trying to throw in a thousand near falls and a thousand high spots. You know, it all made sense. It all had. Um, consistent logical psychology to it. Um, the execution was too. perfect. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. and, and just, the crowd yeah. were just, you know, um, getting more and more amped as you went along, and uh, you know they weren't dying down. So that just showed you what a classic match it was. It was, uh, you know, as perfect a WWE wrestling match as you'll ever see. I, I do wonder, Mo, though, if they did actually call an audible, if. Because we we've like we've all watched more than enough of their product to know that the one thing they fucking love is to ruin a match with a run in. 
And I do wonder if maybe the original plan was that Champa would come down and cost Gargano the match. And maybe yep. they called an audible to allow the match to go to a natural finish rather than have it spoiled because it would have spoiled it. Like, there's no question if if Champo comes down at any point in that match, he it absolutely spoils it. I would have just not had him come out at the end and just let like whatever about who you put the title on. I just didn't like that the way that ended having him come out. Like I know it sets it up and that's all fine, but I mean Gargano could have come out on NXT on Wednesday. And he could have, you know, been in the ring and talked about his journey and how heartbroken he is and how he, he's not finding the motivation. And then Ciampo comes through the crowd and kicks his ass. And the next week, Gargano's back and goes, right, well, I, I thought I was going to walk away. Now I have reason to stay here. And there's some more natural progression of a storyline. I, I didn't like this, um, this the way this ended. And I, I honestly believe that they most likely had it down that he would cost Gargano the match and they changed it in the flow because the match was going so well. Oh. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. It certainly is. But, hey, we'll, uh, we'll leave no. the... Sorry, go on then, Mo. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say just a quick shout-out also to um, Velveteen Dream. Um, again, a fantastic performance. Um, not quite as good as the match he had at the last takeover, but uh, nonetheless, uh, a very, very good outing. Uh, for someone so young, so inexperienced, um, he's an absolutely immense talent. You know, he's got something special about him. He's got this, um, the, these intangibles that very few wrestlers have. Um, and when, when they come along and you see it, um, you notice it straight away. And, you know, he's got the potential to become a transcendent talent in the wrestling business. And Mo, you know, would you agree, though, that they... They need to leave him on NXT for at least another two years, though. Like, oh, they yeah, cannot absolutely. rush bringing him up. Like I, I was watching, um, was it? It was SmackDown last week, and Ty Dillinger was on, and I was just looking at him, thinking, what an absolute waste. Oh. Like he should have been developed properly on NXT. They should have just kept him there, put him in the mix for the title, and built him up, and made him into a star before he gets to the to the main roster. But he kind of came up and it was a bit of a it's a bit of a damp squib and he's there's no real storyline for him now and no one seems to care like he gets a decent enough pop but like he there's, there's far more potential in his character than what we're getting and I think they, they risk doing the same if they rush uh, Velveteen Dream up because like you said like he had an incredible match with Black um, and the last one and he was brilliant again on this one and um, there's there's a great potential like you, you you talk about psychology and he reminds me of like when Goldust first appeared just that kind of shock factor that he has with the mm. the sexuality of the character um, yeah. but he, this guy has unlimited athleticism and incredible wrestling talent um, Goldust not so much with the athleticism very very talented obviously but this guy is the whole package if they develop him properly oh yes yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't such a fan of that match myself, but uh, without a doubt that they've definitely got a special talent there. But like you said, yeah, he, he needs that time to, v- to develop and uh, and really build him up over time and then move him across when he's hot. But uh, we'll leave the takeover there. Uh, onto the main uh, the main roster, Royal Rumble night on Sunday. Um, first match of the night, uh, we won't bother with the pre, pre-show, by the way, is... Uh, 
Um, AJ Styles successfully defending against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you make of this? Because, I mean, we I think we all expected AJ Styles to keep the title, but um, kind of wondered whether or not we might see some kind of interference somewhere along the way. But um, the way it played out, I'm, I'm not... I'm just not too sure quite where they're going to go with this. I didn't. I, 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 it was obvious they were going to keep the title on AJ, but I was kind of hoping they wouldn't because I said to Mo, the the best thing going in WWE at the like on the main roster right now is is Kevin and Sammy. Like they're just they're great television. And part of me wanted um, Daniel Bryan to interfere and cost or, or Shane to interfere, say on. AJ's behalf but cost him the match inadvertently and then AJ to go absolutely crazy kick the shit out of Shane and he get fired and then turn up on Raw um, and join the club because I just want to see him back with like I, I know he wasn't in the club when when um, Balor was in Japan but I just would love to see those four together and I think the way they're positioning Balor like they're not going to put the main title on him anytime soon but what an incredible intercontinental champion he could make so AJ could be a universal title holder um, we saw the match with Lesnar it was an incredible match and I think you know everybody would like to see that match again so you get AJ against Lesnar he beats Lesnar you put the IC title on Balor and all of a sudden you can create a really dominant faction there um, and then on on SmackDown, you can build and build and build the Kevin and Sammy thing. You could build it to to SummerSlam, it, or if you're smart, you could build it all the way to the next Royal Rumble, and th- then have them implode where they have to face off for the title. Um, but you know they're gonna put them against each other next week on SmackDown, and they're already they're already going to ruin it. Like it's just it's such short term, typical. WWE like we have something good let's go 100 miles an hour with it rather than let's build it and build it and build it because like we we all know those two guys have incredible chemistry in the ring and on the mic and they work so well together and you really could have built them into the, the like the top draw in in the company and they just haven't done that and it's just it's it just bothers me it really does because I I just don't see like I, I'm not really hyped about Nak, and like I know Nakamura Styles is going to be great, but the fact that they announce on Raw that Nakamura is going to face Styles, like that bugs the shit out of me. Like, why, why are they doing it? Why is he not doing it himself? And it, it just all falls into this typical WWE nonsense that bothers me. Uh, Mo, what about your take then on the uh, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn match? Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Um, the dynamic with uh, you know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, you know, Dave is quite right. You know they've got this fantastic chemistry and uh, remind me a lot of um, a great tag team from the mid '90s, um, Los Gringos Locos, which were the pairing of the late Eddie Guerrero and Art Bar in AAA, and they lit up that territory and um, really brought Eddie Guerrero um, to the fore as a really special talent. 
and um, you know Art Bar um, and uh, Sami Zayn in the way he was trained himself. A um, lot of similarities there. So it looks like they're already being split up, and uh, I thought they could have taken that um, pairing further, you know, by a couple of months, and certainly up until WrestleMania. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bit strange why they seem to pull the trigger so soon. Um, unless they've got other plans for them for WrestleMania, which involve them working with other opponents, perhaps. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think we both expected AJ to retain. And, uh, you know, the uh, outcome of the Royal Rumble sets things up quite interestingly for AJ going into WrestleMania. But uh, mm-hmm. no, it was, it was, again, a, good, a very good opener and a nice way to uh, kick off the show. Yeah, and what of the... The SmackDown tag team title match that was next up then, you know, best two out of three falls. I, in a way, I kind of like the fact that they did something different here because what it's, you know, it's a cliche thing. You always get it. You know, it goes to one, one, and then we have the deciding fall. Uh, and I don't think anybody expected it to be two nil, you know, so quickly after. And I, I, you know, that I, I thought the first four was, was really, really good. It was a really good match up to that point. And, and the sequence, you know, that, that one, two minutes leading up to that fall, some incredible stuff, you know, all the way up to that finisher with with the uh, the double super kicks more. Uh, I thought these two teams had some really good chemistry going. And I'd, I think I'd, I'd like to see a bit more from them before uh, before they both move on to other things. Yeah, it was um, certainly building up towards a, a really, really good match. And then, uh, you know, they decided to go with something a bit different. Um, so so that was good in a way. But then it came at the expense of the quality of the match because had they gone the full three falls, I think it would have been one of the best tag matches of the year. Um, it was certainly heading in that direction. And the fact it felt like it ended up abruptly uh, for me was a disappointment. Um, and it meant that it was something that was therefore a good match, but not a great match. And, uh, you know, we know that the Usos are capable of, um, some exceptional matches. We've seen it time and again over the last couple of years, both on pay-per-views and on TV. Um, but, um, you know, we, we expected them to retain and, um, so they did and, uh, we'll, we'll see where they go from here. But, uh, no, it, it was, it was fine, but just, uh, Slightly disappointing finish from my perspective. Mm. Same. It felt like it felt like maybe they called an audible and rushed the finish. Like they realised that they were just going to run out of time, and they did it at the end anyway. They ran over, but it just kind of felt like that match that match lost its last five minutes because there was so much on the card, and you know that, that's fair enough, but it's a shame. Yeah, it's uh, just on that then, then Dave. I mean. You know, we we've seen over the last year, two years, just how how good the Usos have become. I think Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin seem to have been developing this this really good chemistry between them. Um, do you think that the way that they've they've ended the match so abruptly that we are going to see a full on heel turn now from from uh, Gable and um, and Shelton Benjamin? Yeah, I think they'll I think they'll go that way. Um, the Usos are. Like they obviously had their big heel turn, but now they're kind of they're moving back towards being more of a face face team. Like they're getting a great reaction again, and 
they're not as like they're not doing the whole kind of you know sneak attack thing that they were doing a few months back. So it does make sense to move Gable and Benjamin uh, to heels. Like I think Gable and Benjamin really really good tag team. Certainly for me an awful lot better than the original um, version of American Alpha. Uh, and I think with a bit of luck we'll see more of those two teams together. Um, although not immediately. I, I want to see the Usos against somebody else next. Um, the the Usos have have just come on in leaps and bounds. Like I mean, they're, they're for me they're by a long distance the best tag team in WWE right now, and the, you know that's quite a step from where they were because they were they were quite sloppy. If we go back eighteen months ago, they were quite sloppy. Um, the heel turn helped, and then that great uh, series of matches they had with the New Day really really you know pushed them forward and kicked them on and. They're just so much better in the ring than they have, than they have been previously. And we'll get to the, the the rumbles in a bit. We'll we'll do the other tag team title match as well. Then, uh, what, Dave, what did you make of Cesaro and Sheamus uh, beating Rollins and Jordan? I was disappointed at this one personally. I, I thought we could have seen a much better match than what we actually got. Though I was quite pleased with the result. Yeah, I was very pleased with the results. Um, the match itself, I thought, was poor. I think over the weekend, it's the worst match from from the bunch, from both both events. I think it's the worst match, and probably by a bit of a distance, really. Um, I, I just don't like the, the, what they've done with Jason Jordan. Like, again, there's a kid that belongs in NXT. He's got no business on the main card, certainly not the way he's been pushed to the moon um on on raw like i really don't like i don't like that storyline i think it's crap i think it just puts his whole career in a small box oh he's kurt angle's son like that's that's gonna follow him forever like you know um i don't like that at all and he's just he's no business been in that kind of match like him and rollins it's not a team it's crap get rid of him if Rollins, you know, isn't going to have Ambrose to team with, then don't put him in tag team matches. Put him having a run for, you know, the the world title, or, or just, you know, have him jerking the curtain and having the best match of the night. Um, so I'm I'm glad the titles changed, but the match itself was like how like I, I'm not a fan of Sheamus, even though he's Irish. Like obviously I like him because he's Irish, but I, I just don't like his style. But Cesaro's again, he's one of the the top 10 best guys they have and so is Rollins and how much with those two in it can be what that was is, is just a mystery to me yeah it, it was certainly more I found it I did find it a very very disappointing match very flat and we weren't sure what quite to expect but you know that they I think what we've seen previous that, that they can work together that but for whatever re- for whatever reason it really just did not click at all here hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No, he didn't. And I think they tried to um, build the match around the storyline and the angle. Um, you know, Jordan was out of the ring um, for ages. And uh, so it was two on one for fair chunk of the match and um that felt like, like a distraction you know because people were um, distracted by the fact jordan was outside rather than focusing more on the match and uh you know that that wasn't good um it, it was just you know a big disappointment you know how they fulfilled their potential in terms of the match and what it could have delivered it could have been a great match um and um you know get you know dave's right given the involvement of rollins who's exceptional um you know it does feel like he's been wasted this moment in time i'd rather see him um like dave says in something else you know perhaps if they can't do something with him in the tag team division then perhaps in the uh singles division and um, you know there's a bunch of talents out there that he can work programs with um i do find it strange that um he's been stuck in the mid card for quite some time now um you know after he's victory over Triple H at WrestleMania last year. I thought, you know, he'd go on to have um, quite a prominent role um, chasing the uh, Universal Championship, and it hasn't really happened. So, um, you know, the Shield reunion is about the highlight of his year, or nine months since uh, his match at WrestleMania. So seems a bit uh, disjointed in terms of where they think they need to take him as a character. And it almost feels like they're not really sure what to do with him. So the only thing they can come up with is stick him in a tag team with um, the only guy on the roster more unpopular than uh, Roman Reigns at the moment. So <laughs> it's just, you know, it's a shame. Like if it's if, a if shame. it wasn't for the whole Shield thing, the best answer would be just put, move Rollins to SmackDown, you know, find a way to get him to SmackDown because yep. the calibre of matches he could have over there with guys like Nakamura and, and AJ would be just off the charts but obviously they, the Shield is you know it's very popular it's a massive money spinner for them so they want to run with that until I assume Roman turns on the other two and that's his heel turn I assume that's where that's going um, but it just it, it's really frustrating what they're doing with Rollins now it's and like it's not just him. Like there's other guys on the roster that are massively talented and very, very unique. 
and they just they have nothing for them and you do wonder if maybe there's there's oversaturation um on raw where there's too many good guys and you know not enough storylines to go around and if you if you look at the rosters there's quite an imbalance i mean smackdown could do a lot more with the likes of rollins um and the likes of bray than what what's happening on on raw yeah it certainly is a bit of a conundrum when it comes to seth rollins at the moment uh interesting to see quite where that goes as for the universal title then um i think more we we certainly expected lesnar to to work to, uh, to keep the title which he, he certainly did um we also expected this to be an eventful match and and we predicted what was it around about 10 12 minutes well it it went just shy of 11 minutes so we were pretty much uh, on cue and yeah it was eventful it was fun in 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 patches and I think the thing that people probably remember most will be the um, the Stephanie from Braun Strowman that um, brought, uh, Brock Lesnar didn't take too uh, too kindly to and cracked him one on the side of the skull shortly afterwards. Um, so, uh, w- what did you take away from that match? Yeah, well, that, that's what, uh, again using a wrestling term. That's what we call a receipt. Um, you know, you stiff me, I'll stiff you. It was. Um, what I expected it to be, um, a match where it was all about power moves, um, Braun showing his strength and, uh, you know, um, you know, doing his usual no-selling routine. And he does it very well. I mean, he's, he's really come on as a worker. Um, I mean, he's not, you know, a really elite, top-class level worker by any means, but uh, he's far, far better than I ever expected he'd become. Um, and, uh, you know, Kane at this stage, at his age, um, you, you can't expect a great deal from him, um, but you know he, he's quite limited. But he can still do the limited stuff that he used to do reasonably well, just about. Um, and then Brock, um, you know, is somebody who I, I think thrives and is, is best with opponents that are smaller that he can, you know, really make look like rag dolls. You know, with those multi suplexes that the fans you know count along to. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that he wasn't quite able to do with the two opponents. But uh, the match itself was still fine from my perspective. Um, certainly enjoyable. Um, but it was a, a very, very predictable outcome that, you know, Lesnar was clearly going to retain the belt um, unless they decided to pull a massive swerve and, um, you know, cause him to lose the title only to then perhaps retain it in the elimination chamber but clearly that that's not going to happen so he retains and then uh, the winner of the uh, elimination chamber will uh, go on to uh, be his uh, number one contender at wrestlemania and dave i, I like you like we said you know we, we I, I think we all expected lesnar to retain the title here but um bits of fun in there and if you been impressed with with the way that Braun Strowman has developed in in this time that he's been on Raw singles? Yeah, hugely. I mean, I I don't like wrestlers like Strowman at all, but uh, he he has massively massively improved. I mean, we have to factor in this guy has only been wrestling um, for like three years. He made his debut in December 2014, so we're three years and two months into his career, and he'd only been training for a year before that, so. He has really been fast-tracked. It was by necessity because he was very late 
getting into the business. He was 29 or 30 when he got into the business. But, you know, it's it's the typical Lesnar, you know, like he just doesn't lose. And for me, I just don't like Lesnar. I've never enjoyed watching Lesnar really. He's, he has some really good matches with with the smaller guys, like Mo said, because he's only really got three moves, you know, and he's not really capable of anything beyond that. So when you put him in with these bigger guys, he's just not capable of really doing anything other than punching them and kicking them and then, you know, somehow coming out with the win after an F5. Um, it was a fun match. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was fun. Like, and Strowman is destructive, and it's, it's some of the feats of strength that we see are, are you know, very very impressive to watch but um like this why is Kane in this match like can somebody please explain to me how in 2018 we are meant to take Kane seriously after the last 10 years of his career like please it, he's running for mayor it's, isn't he? it's fucking yeah he's going for mayor like he was in a suit a year ago he was the corporate stooge he's lost to pretty much everybody on the roster and now we're meant to take him seriously as like you know this fucking monster you know unbeatable fucking force because he's got a fake mask. wig yeah because he's got a mask and a fake wig that everybody knows is fake by the way like everybody knows like it's almost a parody at this point um i thought it was interesting that the, that the WWE on the on the live broadcast that they replayed the knee the straight the stray knee from Strowman and the punch in retaliation from Lesnar they replayed them a couple of times and like you know it, that's all well and good it, but there the knee is a mistake like you're highlighting the fact that Braun has made a potentially very dangerous mistake and just need uh, another man very hard at the side of the face when that's not not what's meant to happen um, you could have just brushed over it and just not not gone back to it like um, well, that, that's yeah, just I, us, them convincing us that it's all real don't see, forget that, it's real that, that, is, that is what it is like but I, I don't enjoy these type of matches. This one was fun because it, it's just, it was like a car crash. It was yeah. like, you know, we'd, we'd all be curious to see what would happen if you got like, a, a, you know, a fucking one large bus and then another large bus and then parked a stationary bus in the middle, which was Kane, and then ran the large buses from either side into the stationary bus and see which one is in the best condition afterwards. Like, that's all fun, but you know, for me, the belt needs to be on someone that can really work. And Lesnar can't work. He's got, like I say, he's got three moves. He's impressive with the likes of of AJ, guys who are impressive regardless of who they face. I mean, his stuff with with Strowman has been okay. Um, obviously, the stuff with Goldberg was it was a car crash, and they, those matches lasted about three and a half minutes, but. You know, it, it, I just don't like watching Lesnar work. And the other thing as well is, to me, like, like Lesnar. Now, I could be wrong about this. Now, and correct me if I am wrong. But since Lesnar came back, the only matches he's lost clean were to Goldberg, because the loss to the Undertaker was, you know, the the. The miscount by the referee, or, or low blow, or something like that. I think it was a low yeah. blow. From the Cena day. wasn't that there was a match with Cena as well. Was wasn't there a match with Cena? Did he, did he not yeah, beat? I there he was. Yeah. Cena. Oh, yeah, he did. Cena beat him. Yeah. He F five them on the stairs. He brought the stairs into the ring and F or Lesnar brought yeah. the stairs in and Cena F five them on a stairs. So that's 
like again there's there's a you know a caveat to that what do you got f5 or you got he got not f5 but like What's it called now? The attitude adjustment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The attitude adjustment on the stairs. So, like, they're sitting... He hasn't been pinned clean in the middle of the ring with no sort of weaponry or anything like that by anybody other than Goldberg. And it was really clear why they were doing it to Goldberg to sell a video game. Like, that's it. They were selling a video game. And it just bothers me. Like, Lesnar is not this unbeatable monster. Everybody saw his WWE career. He wasn't particularly good. He got his ass kicked a number of times. And yes, he won the title by beating a man much smaller than him. But he got his ass kicked by the guys, you know, like the real big badasses. And it's just like, come on, we can do better than this. Like, if you want to have Lesnar on the card, that's great. Take the belt off him. Like, the belt needs to be on TV every week. Whether it's been defended or not, I don't want it defended every week. I only want it defended like three or four times a year, personally. I'd only have it defended at, at the Rumble, at WrestleMania, at SummerSlam, and at Survivor Series. They're the only times I'd have the champion defending his title. Otherwise, I'd be putting him in different types of matches through the year. But I, for me, this match, I don't want to see it again. It was enjoyable while it was on, but I never, ever want to see those three in the ring together again. So let, let's get to the Rumble matches themselves then. We'll do the men's one first because obviously the, the the women close the show. Um, and I I went on to um, to wwe.com over the past couple of days more, and I was amused to find that they they've got very smart marketing wise. Um, there is now a Rusev calendar, and it's marked up every single day of the year Rusev Day, uh, and it's and it's marketed as you know, uh, what's it? Ensure you 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 never miss Rusev Day with the Rusev calendar. Now, I thought that was really smart. Love the way that they they opened it up. The number one, you think, oh, you know, it's Aiden English coming out. No, introducing uh, to introducing Rusev, crowd massively on it, and uh, and then and obviously Finn Balor. I thought it was a good way to kick things off crowd really into it from from the very very beginning here oh they were yeah yeah the, the crowd was uh amped throughout um, carried on from the night before we take over um and philadelphia is always like that you can rely on them to uh be a you know a superb live crowd you know second only to chicago um, when it comes to uh, crowd reactions in north america um and you know the, the match itself on, on the whole was uh actually really good um i thought you know in the early going you know it was um slightly slow and the times when you know there were too many in the ring and uh you know, it, it kind of didn't have the hottest of starts uh, and we saw you know some of the predictable things as well you know like the usual um spot with kofi kingston this time landing on um on, on Xavier Woods and um, um, a pan of pancakes. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that was different. Not, not the finest hour for coffee, uh, hopping no, around no. with pancakes. To, but there you go. They've come up with more original stuff than that, but, yeah. uh, you know, I suppose they're running out of ideas. Um, but, no, the, the, the real, you know, uh, interesting parts certainly came later on and, uh, you know, some of the exchanges, especially when they were down to the final four or five um 
Um, some of the stuff there was really, really good. Um, it was a big uh, positive for Finn Balor, obviously, for much of last year, horribly misused. And he went nearly an hour in this rumble and was one of the final four. Um, so that certainly bodes well for his 2018. Um, but Yeah, uh, nice. it builds him up nicely to uh, to lose to John Cena. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. Sure. Bit, uh, oh, sorry, I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> how how do you do that? Like how on and it's it was the same when he beat um he beat AJ and then the next night they have him come out and lose to Kane. Like what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what is the plan here? Like I I thought it was a great rumble match, like one of the best for quite a while. Like the, the last few have been a bit of a damn squib. This was really good from start to finish. Like Rusev Day is is brilliant. Like the whole thing having him with Aiden English and all, it's it's great. Like it really is great and it's making good use of his character and I hope they stick with it and I hope they find a real, you know, sort of purpose for it. Um I, I'd love to see him getting the, the the US title, but obviously it's just gone on Bobby Roode, so he he probably won't. But like it's it's a great great angle and it's working really well and you saw how hot the crowd was for him and you know Balor comes in number two and was was phenomenal and I I did think at one point I was looking at the clock and I was trying to f- figure out I think the the record is a, an hour and three minutes and eighteen seconds for Rey Mysterio and I was thinking just I wonder if they might have Balor beat that and even if he doesn't win like if he's the last one out. It would just be really, really interesting to see, like, you know, someone beat that record. And it's something that he could then, even if he doesn't win it, he can run with the fact that he broke the record for the longest stay in a rumble. Um, but you can't argue with who won it. Like, it was, it's great to see Nakamura finally, you know, getting a, another shot of the title. He should, he should have been handed the title when he when he faced um, Mahal, who's, who's a hot mess. But, um, just from start to finish, a really solid rumble. The only question mark for me, like I and I must say, I love the fact that Ray was back in it, and I hope it's something he does annually is come back and do the rumble. Um, like, did anyone else understand the logic of Dolph Ziggler at number thirty if he's going to go out that quick? No. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. You know. It was a bit disappointing, actually. Um, you know, there was some talk, some rumblings in certain quarters that number 30 could be uh, Danny Bryan. Um, and I think when Ziggler came out, he, he got a decent reaction, but not a completely overwhelming one, given how amped the crowd was throughout the night. And I think that's because you know, word was out that you know it could be Danny Bryan as number 30, yeah. and when it wasn't, um, some were some were left disappointed, but uh... see what I was saying earlier about the whole thing with um with where I, I was hoping AJ would lose and it would lead to him, you know, leaving and going to Raw. If if Kevin and Sammy had won the title, I, but before when I was thinking about it, I was like, just imagine if Shane was number thirty. Now I would hate the fact if they gave like if they allowed him to win the rumble because the worst thing that ever happened was Vince winning a rumble. But if Shane won the rumble and it set up. A program of him against Kevin and Sammy at WrestleMania, where they just kicked the tar out of him, I'd be quite happy with that. But um, it just like the whole like, what's Dolph retired? <laughs> he retired a couple of weeks ago. Like he yeah, said he was leaving. He was, yeah, and like 
you know, he's another one who's just been completely wasted by them. I mean, I'd love to see him leave and go to New Japan. I think he'd be an absolute stud over there. And the thoughts of the matches he could have with someone like Kenny Omega just, you know, they'd melt your head. Like, um, but you know, it just—it was just such a weird kind of. Oh look, Dolph is back, and then you know he's he's out within like a couple of minutes. But the other thing as well, um, they didn't they didn't mention it on commentary, but Sheamus was eliminated in like probably record time. Like you'd need to time it against the the current record, which I think is Santino. But yeah. you know, again, I, it's, it just yeah, it wasn't. Qu- I don't think it was quite that that quick. Well, he, yeah, it was probably it was, about it number must three. Must be getting on close, yeah. It's, it's Bushwhacker yeah, as well. Bushwhacker, you know? Bushwhacker Luke, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what like, about the hurricane? Oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that because obviously he had to retire because of a neck injury, so obviously he can't do too much. But like he's just—it's a nice cheesy character to bring back. I mean, I, I love when they have like one completely wacky person come back and like a couple of years ago they had one of the bush trackers come back in and they've had you know the repo man came back one year and things like that so we've had kane in in the universal title match yeah <laughs> yeah in 2018 kane yeah. is in the universal <laughs> title match while, while, he'll be in the rumble while, in 2020 while, while, while bray wyatt's you know doing nothing that's that's great like absolutely i do you know the other thing as well that got me because Jeff Hardy's obviously out kind of for a while now because he's had like a major shoulder surgery so he's going to be out for a couple of months I assume um, like the whole Woken Matt which is cool but I want to see full on Broken Matt like I want to see the whole fucking kit and caboodle so TNA need to get their shit together and give the man his gimmick back um, and Bray like this, there's a there was a moment when they kind of looked at each other and started to kind of team up. And I thought, you know what? This could be really interesting because if the new Wyatt family was Bray, Broken Matt, and then Brother Nero returns, or he comes back as that Willow character or something, like that could just be hilarious. Like that could be crazy good. And then they ruined it by having <laughs> one turn on the other within like 15 seconds of it. So I know there was a. There was a couple of little moments that kind of disappointed me, but all in all, I, I thought it was a great Rumble match. Uh, and more, oh, I think the one oh, thing, on. sorry, one last thing that Mo mentioned the Kofi thing. Like, given the two lads were outside the ring, wouldn't it have just made sense for them to catch him and then to try and like get him back in and then to do the slingshot thing rather than the stupid plate of pancakes? Like, fuck me. Like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we? They're pushing like, the pancakes, new, pancakes, they are, but pancakes. The new day are so good and they're so entertaining. And they need been, to be heels again. Yeah, they do, and, and and I really hope they don't have like I I know they'll break up at some point, but I hope it's not anytime soon because even like I I'd have those three on commentary over any trio the WWE currently have because they're just they're really really entertaining but I want to I want to see the pancakes go away I really yes. do I, so I, I concur uh, more I, I think for all the reasons that we discussed last week um, in storyline it made absolute sense to do it uh, and it made complete logic and that's why we didn't expect them to do it but they went ahead and did it 
Um, so we, we now can look forward to Nakamura and AJ Styles get back together in the ring. And, you know, they will. It, it is smartness because you're going to have a hardcore audience at WrestleMania and they are going to be absolutely amped to to the teeth for, for them to go and add it. And I think it's a chance for for SmackDown to, to build itself slightly differently rather than these math storylines and, you know, lovers and brothers and mothers and sons and all the rest of it, like some kind of soap opera. It's, it's back to, it's about sporting competition. Who is the best? And so we think, I think for all the reasons that we spoke about last week, this, you know, Nakamura is the right winner and it, and it's a good way for them to go. It is, it is. Um, you know, that's something I've advocated since, uh, Raw Smackdown carried out this, um, split the brand extension or whatever they call it and um you know this match will be a great way to really provide that distinction that you know the sports entertainment is where raw um you know is prominent whereas the more uh, wrestling based product is where um is something you can find on, on smackdown and uh you know th- these two of priors you know most notably just over two years ago at Wrestle Kingdom um, 11, ooh, 10 or 11, whatever it was in 2016, January 4, 2016, these two had an unbelievable match, just um, an absolute tour de force. And um, one of the all-time great matches, um, one of AJ's top three matches in his career, and um, Nakamura... I'd say about the same as well. Exceptional. And if they can come close to repeating that, then we're in for an absolute treat um, at WrestleMania. And going into it, that has to be the early contender for match of the night. Um, it'll be very, very tough for anyone to top uh, what those two will do if they come close to doing what they did just over two years ago. Yeah, so absolutely. Can I just say my worry with this though is that like they're not they're not going to be the closing match. They're going to probably be middle of the card, and I just I worry that they'll fucking give them some stupid time restriction. Like that's a match that. Oh, that's I, always I, possible. I, yeah, that, I, I want to see. Point. I want to see thirty to forty-five minutes of those two. Yeah. Like I, we're, I, we're not going to get that, are we? We're not going to get it. We're going to get twenty, yeah. and it's it's a shame. Like, and it'll be great. It will be great, no question. But. The thing is, that's going to be the match of the night, but we're going to have like fucking Lesnar against oh, probably Cena if 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 the WWE is the WWE, I think it is, um, as the closing match, and Cena's going to win, and it just no, 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 no. <laughs> so what what of the the women's Royal Rumble then, Dave? Uh, what, what did you make of it? I know it's obviously it was historic. It was the first ever one. Um, I thought it was very good of them to put it on last. It made total sense, you know, because it was making history. And obviously, knowing what was going to be uh, actually closing the show uh, and the headlines that that was going to make, uh, and it really, you know, really put the the women uh, front and center in terms of focus. But but how do you how do you think it went? I know they were they said sort of every ninety seconds, but they were bringing them in at some point less than a minute apart. Um, how, how did you how did you feel that, that that first ever women's Royal Rumble went? 
Um, like it, it was, it was good. It was definitely, it was definitely good. It was sloppy in parts when some of the, you know, the older divas mm. came back in. You know, like your Kelly, 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 um, Kelly. Yeah. She, Michelle McCool couldn't wrestle in her prime. She, she certainly can't do it now. And like she was in for quite a while. And it really annoyed me that Molly Holly, who was by far the best in-ring performer of that era, was out so quickly and that Michelle McCool was in the ring for about seven or eight minutes and she was garbage. <laughs> she was awful on the night. And like some of them were doing certain moves that they couldn't do, like they were sloppy and poor back then. And they really should have been told, look, don't don't do that. You know that one where like the the Kelly Kelly um yeah. head, head, the head scissors, scissors into the swing, made an yeah. absolute hames of it like don't Kelly you couldn't do that consistently when you were an active performer you couldn't no. put on a headlock don't like, put she didn't on even take off scissors. her jacket like, why, why didn't she take off her jacket it really annoyed me why didn't she take off her jacket like what was that about um, but yeah I mean it was it was definitely good and obviously like Sasha was, was phenomenal um I didn't like the fact that the two Bellas were two of the last three. No. Really didn't, really no. didn't like that. I, I'll get um, to my rant on that. But, uh, I mean, obviously, like we, I think we all expected Asuka to win. But I think the one doubt I had was when Nakamura won the men's rumble. I was like, geez, well, they have two Japanese stars who don't speak particularly good English. Um, will they have them win the rumble? And both have to go out now and and do promos talking about world title matches the whole way into wrestlemania um but they did and and it's it's the right certainly the right thing to do with asuka um i yeah i I mean i I did i liked i thought for the most part it was really really good but like michelle mccool should have gotten the ring and been thrown out molly holly should have got a good 10 to 12 minutes and Kelly Kelly should have taken off her jacket. They're my big three big takeaways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and more, I mean, we also got to see Lita and um, Trish Stratus. It was, there was a lot of nostalgia in this. I, I think because it's the first one and obviously because the women's rosters aren't particularly deep just yet. I, I think it, it was it was kind of key to establishing this women's Royal rumble and, and giving that nod to a lot of the women that helped kind of build up the reputation that uh, this division has actually got right now. Yes, absolutely. And, um, no, I think that was a wise decision. Um, albeit perhaps, um, overdoing it at the end with, uh, too many acts who are yeah. no longer part of the active roster towards the end. But, uh, no, I mean, my worry that I expressed last week was that um, they don't have um, on their current rosters for Raw and SmackDown um, great depth, um, certainly in terms of talent that are over. And um, if they didn't have all these blasts from the past coming out and uh, you know, um, you know, giving fans a nostalgia trip, then you know, it might have been a, a letdown. And given it was the first female Rumble match, um, it would have been a shame for it to be um, a disappointing match, but fortunately it wasn't. You know, the the nostalgia certainly uh, played a big role in the contest, and uh, there were a lot of really fun moments, like when Trish and um, Mickey James squared up. Um, mm. That got a great reaction. Um, yeah. I thought, you know, Trish just generally looked really good. Um, 
Oh, or yeah. even Beth Phoenix. Um, she's been gone for several years, yet looked like she's never been away. Um, you know, her movement, um, her look um, certainly looks like she's taken care of herself. It was even great to see old Tori Wilson, um, you know, who... Um, oh, yes. Me being a WCW mark, you know, it was good to see her back again. And uh, looking barely a day older than she looked 17 Crazy, years ago. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so she's really, you know, taking care of herself. So, yeah, the, the nostalgia was good, but uh, I think the WWE now has to focus on um, really consolidating both rosters um, because they can't do the same thing next year with no. having, you know, so many old uh, faces, you know, retired talents come out and, um, you know, you can only go to the well so many times. So you know, they've got to really Im- improve things on that front um, for, for next year. But, but uh, yeah, the only other thing I'd add is um, some weeks ago I did predict that Ronda Rousey would win the Rumble. And um, I think even going into the you weekend... Weren't, you weren't too far away. You are about five minutes off. No? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think going into the weekend, um, she was still the favourite for winning the Rumble. Um, but they clearly decided to uh, just um, give some the fans something a bit different. And um, so obviously Asuka won the Rumble, but then her uh, victory was... Uh, you know, short-lived in terms of its uh, spotlight because uh, then Ronda Rousey turned up and uh, kind Pointed of that stole the spotlight from her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing, doing more, the more, um, more jacket-related nonsense. Why was Ronda Rousey's jacket so fucking big? Because that was um, Roddy Piper's leather jacket. No, that was it. That was one that actually I apparently am. she got... He, she got permission from Rowdy Roddy Piper himself to, for her to use that the Rowdy nickname. Uh, she was a big fan of his, and the, his family actually presented that jacket to her as a gift. So that was that's her fair. nod to him. That's that's because I, I was actually thinking the same thing. You know, could she not get a jacket that fits? Because that looks massive. Yeah, but, it looked um, silly. Um, it did, but and then you hear the story, and you you kind of think really what they could have done with was actually. Um, explain that on commentary. Yeah, yeah, that would have been better because I it didn't made actually it know look that. Tiny. Um, yeah. It did. It made her look very, very small. And the, the other two, two other things, like Mo mentioned, a couple of the the women that had been gone for years, Trish, um, and Tori Wilson, and how like they they do look, and, and, and Beth, they look exactly like they did when they left. Um, whereas. Michelle McCool has aged about 45 years since she left. Life with The Undertaker must be hard. That's all I can say. Um, but also, how, how has no woman how has no woman adopted the Molly go round as a finisher? Because it was one of the highlights of the whole fucking Rumble. It's an incredibly good move. It looks great, and it's it's pretty easy to pull off. Um, so like somebody should take somebody like there has to be somebody who needs a good finisher. Bailey needs a finisher because the Bailey to belly is garbage. Um, Bailey needs a good finisher. Bailey could do that move. Bailey should adopt that because she's got a similar enough sort of you know good girl personality as Molly had. Um, but like yeah, like uh, Mo's right. They they need to sort it out for next year though because they can't repeat the same formula. No, I, I like, wouldn't expect so, Dick, because I think I think it 
it was important that first one though, wasn't it? It, it was. was. It was that it chance to, was. to to give the nod give to nod. all I mean, of those women who played their part along the years. And yeah, exactly. And it was exactly. great. Jacqueline was back as well. That was great. Like yeah. she was obviously a big player for a time. The only thing I would say, and I think I hope you both agree with this. I, I think you do anyway. Is that the women's roster is not deep enough to be on both shows. They really do need to put it on one or the other. And I think the same of the tag team division. I think it's only deep enough for one belt on one show. Um, But so next year when they do the Rumble, I hope they've put all the women on one show and then fill it out with NXT. Fill it out with NXT talent. That's that's your formula for it. Fill it out with NXT talent because there's phenomenally good. Nikki Cross would have been brilliant in the Rumble. Do you know? Um, And that's it. I think I would expect to see that next year. Maybe two or three nostalgia nods, mm. but probably four or five NXT um, debuts or, or appearances. And I think what you know, as they did with the men's rumble, you know, with Almas coming out there. And I, I mean, that crowd knew Adam Cole anyway. But to get them out there to the casual audience, they get sight of them. And they don't necessarily yeah. have to debut them now, but they've seen them and they've yeah. given them a chance to impress. Uh, and they can use that rumble. That could be a good formula, you know, that you get to see three or four women from NXT in the rumble, and then the night after WrestleMania, you get to see them debut on the on the roster, and you've already seen who they are. You know what they're about. Exactly. I mean, Baszler would have suited the rumble. Shayna Baszler would have been a good entrant in the women's rumble, and then she goes back down to NXT, continues to work, and then when Ronda comes in full-time, I think it's going to be at Mania. Then the next night, she introduces Shayna Baszler as her, like, you know, second-in-command or whatever, or whatever. Like, because I, I do think they'll end up putting those two together because um, they're they're good friends away from, from sport as well, you know? Um, but all in all, I thought it was really good. I, I liked having Stephanie as the um, on commentary. I thought that was, was good as well. Um... And I thought she what she did well, and I think it was I, I think it was a shoot at times that she was pulling up the commentators on certain things that they were saying that were a little bit not disrespectful, but just not really recognizing the moment and how big this is. And she was very quick to step in and pull them up, and I thought that was very good. But I thought they blew the Rousey thing with her. I, I did. I, I just thought they blew the Rousey thing. I thought. When Rousey came out, she should have acknowledged the fact that, like, obviously, she knew Rousey was going to be there, and like the real weird we can shake thing. Just for me, it blew it a little bit. I just I thought it could have been done. That bit could have been done a lot better. Yeah, and there was you've both mentioned, you know, the Bellas been there in the last oh, four God. and in the last three. I hated that. That really irritated me. There were some great showings, and it should have been about, you know, there was all that nod to the nostalgia, which is great and important for that first ever one. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty at the end, it's got to be about the here and now and the future, and mm. they are not a part of the future. And they were never that great a part of the past anyway. So I, I personally hated that bit. Um, I was happy that Stephanie McMahon didn't have too much to say on commentary, because then what what she was saying actually yes it did mean something. It mattered. That's it. Yes, it did. Yeah, because at times her voice grates on me, so I was quite oh, yeah. pleased that, that she didn't have an awful lot to say, and it did. They kept it meaningful. So, um, on the whole, then you know, do, do you you think it was successful? Yeah, I, I think the I think the whole card 
is one of the better pay-per-view cards that WWE have put on in terms of the main rosters in, in a while. I thought it was very, very good. Only one match that I felt was a letdown. Um, that was the Raw tag titles. Like, obviously, the end of the SmackDown tag title match as well, but the ma- oh, match up to that point was, as you guys both said, it was very, very good. The Raw title match was, was muck, um, but the, it opened really well, and I thought it got better throughout bar that title match. The two Rumbles were excellent. The Raw title match with, with the, the three lads was what you expect, like a, a, a fun-to-watch car crash of big things smashing into each other. Um, but yeah, all in all, you can't really fault it. It's... It's not on the level of what the NXT pay-per-view was or the NXT takeover was. and I mean, that has got to grade a little bit on some people. Um, but yeah, it was it was really, really good. And more, not quite on the level of 1992, but I think we've had a good rumble, um, a certainly a historic event. And, and do you feel that the, the, the entire event... The entire show, should say, and and obviously the two rumbles in there. It, it overall, it was a success. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. It was a very, very good weekend for the WWE um, across both shows. Um, yeah, the takeover was the best takeover event ever. Um, the Rumble show itself, uh, by Rumble standards, um, was one of the best Rumble shows ever. So. Um, and, and indeed the match was one of the top five or six rumble matches ever so um, you know when you're getting that over the weekend you really can't complain um, you know we can fault storylines and uh, point to you know lots of things in terms of the booking uh, which could have been better but um, you know that to an extent um, is second to what happens in the ring um, and um, what the talent delivered in the ring um you know with, with perhaps only one exception um was impressive and very impressive in some cases so really can't complain at all and uh totally enjoyable weekend and a great way to kick off um wrestlemania season and uh you know everyone will be in henderson mode pointing at that sign over the next three months um but uh you know we'll we'll uh i'm, I'm sure enjoy the journey to that uh fun weekend and uh, look forward to the takeover and obviously the the grand out even more in wrestlemania uh, come april uh, so there you go folks uh, if you're at work start pointing to fire exit signs or something like that and when your <laughs> boss asks you what the hell you're playing at just tell them you're on the road to wrestlemania that's exactly it <laughs> that's exactly it <laughs> And that's and that is where we'll leave it for this uh, this show. Um, huge thanks uh, to uh, our special guest Dave Hendrick. Our, our thanks, my thanks as always to uh, my audio tag team partner Mo Chatra, and our thanks to all of you for for listening in and hitting that download button. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can on Twitter at pw underscore index is the uh, the Twitter account handle. But until next time, this is me, Andy Wales, for the pre, uh, for the Pro Wrestling Index, even on the Anfield Index podcast podcast channel, saying bye bye now.
when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.